You're listening to Autism Thinks, where we bring together the neuroscience, technology, and innovation to a soundscape that'll change your perspectives on all things autism and the world around us, just one episode at a time. Hey there, it's Hannah here, and today we're diving headfirst into this warm summer with the fun and vibrant guest today, Kalik Crowder. So my name is Kalik Crowder. Everyone calls me Leek. That's my nickname. I'm from Long Island, New York, recent graduate of the University of New Haven, and I currently work at Snap Inc. as a community curator. You can find all those on SwayUniverse.com. We'll be posting it up this afternoon. You get it before anybody else. And we got a world premiere for Leak on the Streets. Our intern, Leak Leak. His real name is? Khalid Yer. Okay, here he is. Leak on the Streets, ladies and gentlemen. Hold up. Hold up. Before we get into your new segment, I want the citizens to get to know you, Leak. Khalid Crowder grew up in Long Island, New York, and is a recent graduate from the University of New Haven. The excerpt you heard earlier is from his time interning at SiriusXM's Sway in the Morning radio show. He talks about his experiences that inspired him to pursue a career in media and entertainment. I come from a family of creatives. So my mom, in the 70s, she went to the high school for fashion industries because she wanted to be a fashion designer. That never kind of panned out because she didn't get accepted into FIT, which is Fashion Institute of Technology. And then she went to college and had to, you know, stop college for a little bit because she had kids. She had my older sister. And then actually her mother, well, she was a jazz, like, lounge singer. She was kind of like, I guess she wanted to be like a Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald. Then you have my two sisters. My one sister went to the LaGuardia Arts uh, High School, also known as the Fame School, if anyone is familiar with the movie Fame. And then my other, and the TV show as well. And then my other, um, she studied visual arts and now she's like a freelance chef, but she also sings. And then my other sister, um, she used to want to be a singer and actress. She was, I always say like J- Jennifer Lopez, but my sister can actually sing. JLo can't. Um, but now my sister's a lawyer. And then you have my brother who's a graphic designer and my cousin who's a publicist. So I kind of feel like, you know, just kind of seeing people maybe be, you know, being creatives, it was kind of, I don't know, it could have been a no-brainer. Over the years, pop culture has been his escape, his form of solace in difficult times, and he was moved to create a career out of this passion. Having a dysfunctional family where like sometimes my mom and brother would be arguing all the time and screaming and shouting. Pop culture truly became my escape. And I was always different from other boys. I was never into sports, sneak unless it has to do with celebrity news, never into like sneaker culture, cars, video games, or comic books. Like I love celebrity news. I love music. I would consider myself a music nerd. And I'm a very chatty person. People say I talk a mile a minute. So I was like, why not make a career out of it? He shares more about the power of connection and how in most careers, it really helps to form networks with other mentors and professionals in the field who can give advice, help with finding opportunities, and overall, help you thrive. I watched E! News, I was like 14, I saw Juliana Rancic, I was like, this is what I want to do. But for a while, I wanted to be, for a little bit, I wanted to be in record executives to help sign and discover artists and curate, you know, albums and stuff like that. I wanted to be like an L.A. Reader or Clive Davis, but 
I went to community college after high school for a semester and then I dropped out. And then my during the time that I dropped out, I watched a lot of like Wendy Williams, the Reed podcast, The Kid Fearing Crystal and The Breakfast Club. And I was like, I think I want to go back and really do the entertainment news thing again. So that kind of went into that place. And then when I went to UNH, my professor and advisor, she comes from hard news and I went to entertainment news. And then my other, the chairperson comes from like indie, the world of indie film. He used to work in the record industry. And that was, but that was like, he worked at Def Jam, but that was like 30 years ago. And I doubt anyone who was at Def Jam was 30 years ago was there today because people are constantly changing jobs and companies are always changing. And so a lot of the connections and a lot of the internships and gigs and jobs and people that I've kept in you know, contact with, I made by myself. I would join different you know, minority organizations that are dedicated to helping people make it in the industry. I would go to networking events. I would you know, ask people, do you know this person? And connect me to this person. So it was a lot of networking and recognizing the power of relationships that got me to where I am today. Even like I work at Snap Inc. now, and that was, I got that job through somebody I knew who knew some, who was friends with, you know, who's now my boss. As an autistic self-advocate himself, Khalik highlights the importance of advocacy and not letting others' thoughts and ideas of you or who you can become limit the pursuit of your goals. Being diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome with lower support needs, he was taught in special needs schools, but felt that he should have been offered the chance to be better included and championed towards what he really wanted to learn and do. Under the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, a lot of students benefit from services and supports. When these students aren't included in the classroom, this can perpetuate a cycle of injustice where all human beings don't have the ability to grow alongside each other or where some humans are only expected to fulfill a narrow range of predetermined career options or capabilities. Being pigeonholed, being sent to special education schools where, you know, most of the people didn't really like, they went to community college, they joined the army, they joined, they just went straight to work. They went to vocational school and kind of being placed in those kind of routes that I'm like, this is not what I want to do. So I think that was my biggest thing, trying to overcome people trying to set the bar so low for you. And self-advocacy played a big part in that. After initially attending Newbury College, he transferred to the University of New Haven to complete a bachelor's degree in communication with the concentration in journalism. He talks about some of his experiences in college. I went to community college. I didn't realize it. Well, I was kind of talking to going to community college. Didn't want to be there. Dropped out. And then I found a school. It's no longer, you know, around. But it was a school that that had a very um, high admission rate. So I applied to that and used it as a stepping stone to get to UNH because they were very like, your SAT scores are too low for us to admit you. And I think once I came into college... I think the challenge from there, you know, in terms of, you know, me getting internships and jobs, you learn very quickly. It's not what you know, it's who you know, and dealing with a lot of rejection and learning how to cope with that rejection. So that's how I overcame that. There's also the challenge of being torn between fitting in and being different or becoming more of yourself as a whole. Kalik expresses that as he gets older, he realizes how important it is to love yourself. 
also then I think another challenge too was also social wise which is I always try to do my best to, to fit in and sometimes I just felt like a lot of times it wouldn't work but at the end of the day it's just like I can't only be myself I can't pretend to be somebody else and I think over the years you know especially now with this pandemic where we're not really seeing each other that much I kind of learned to love, love myself a lot more as an adult versus when I was younger and love all the parts of myself I also think internet culture also kind of helped too because you know maybe things that are not the most popular taboo you know are now you know you can find you can find spaces for people who love the same thing as well I want to see a world where people with disabilities achieving things is a norm rather than an exception. That it isn't a surprise to somebody to see a person on the autism spectrum practicing law or doing something amazing out there. I don't want that to be the exception. It should be normal. It should be part of our everyday life. Haley Moss is someone Kalik says he looks up to. She's the first autistic attorney in the state of Florida. And she's also an artist, author, and advocate for people with disabilities. Um, Haley Moss has been really helpful. I like, I love her. Some of the articles she's written, I've sent them to family and people that I know. Just a shining, she's the, for those who don't know, she's the first openly autistic person to become a lawyer in the state of Florida. He wants to be part of adding to the representation of folks in the media industry and hopefully encourage younger generations to pursue their dreams in the field as well. I definitely want to add to the representation just because I never really felt like I could find it. I think most of the, I think the biggest problem is another reason I didn't want to, you know, admit that I had it to the world was that most people who are highly functioning, um, who have Asperger's syndrome, who are public figures, they're either white, they're mostly white women, or they work in fields that are like environmental activism, I want to do entertainment news. I want to be a pers media personality, you know? So that kind of feels a little bit isolating just because it's kind of like there's no one that kind of came before me, especially when you mix, okay, I'm not only autistic, but I'm Black, I'm gay, I'm um, at the moment, I'm plus size, you know? And these are all parts of myself that I very much acknowledge. And, and you know, like, it's not just I'm just one identity on one day. He holds on to a quote by American novelist Toni Morrison for inspiration that goes... If there's a book that you want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. And eventually I want to put on a memoir and kind of talk about my experiences being, like I said, not just autistic, Black, gay, plus size in, Amer in a country where, you know, marginalized people are devalued. <laughs> All right, Leak Leak, pretty good job. Citizens, you want to reach Leak Leak, you can at Instagram and Twitter. It's Leaky Crowder. It's L-E-E-K-Y Crowder, C-R-O-W-D-E-R. Thank you. Khalid currently works as a community creator at Snap Inc., the parent company of the Snapchat app. During his college years, he interned at companies like Buy Magazine, NBC NewsThink, The Black Youth Project, and Wear Your Voice Magazine. He also worked with shows like Power 105.1's Angie Martinez and Sirius XM's Sway in the Morning. So my most favorite internship, I always tell people, was Sirius XM. 
it's kind of like that fairy tale with Goldilocks where she's always like trying, you know, trying different porridges or different chairs or like, this is the right one. I had a lot of internships. I think that was my last internship that I had, at, which was at Sirius XM. What I loved about it is that a diversity of music, because I listen to all types of music. I mean, at the, co- the core of me is R&B and pop, but like you have all different types of music on, on the Sirius XM, all different types of news, all different types of media personalities from people who actually study journalism to celebrities doing radio. I was an intern for Sway in the Morning. So, I mean, granted, it was very, um, I compare my experience to Anne Hathaway. I don't forgot the name of her character, but the movie, The Devil Wears Prada. But, you know, it's a very, you know, it's a very fast paced and a very, you need Dixon kind of business. But it was a really great thing. I was the only intern, so I got all the attention. We always had celebrities coming through the doors every day. You know, a lot of people were just so welcoming and nice and warm got to be there was a time there was a day where we were supposed to have this rapper named young ma come on air come be a guest she didn't show up and so there was a segment dedicated to me which made me very much nervous <laughs> because i was just like you know i don't wanted to make sure you know i'm going on national on you know national radio millions of people listening i'm like i don't know what to say but um it was just really great and even from, like literally the second day of my internship and that almost never happens like i got to be on air every i felt like that like you know those tv shows where they have like guest stars come in for a few episodes of like a recurring character granted they're not part of the cast but like they just made such a memorable a memorable time there or whatever that's what it felt like and it was just really really awesome his experiences shape how he carries out journalism and creates media ensuring better representation for the diverse spectrum of autistic individuals journalism is storytelling journalism is representation whether you're representing somebody, you know, when you're writing, reporting on a story or whatever, or the world of film and television. And I definitely would love to change the the perspective and the perception, add more nuanced representation to people who are, you know, autistic on television and movies, because so far on TV, it's not it. People are seeing that having these savant abilities or being expert at math and science and stuff like that, or it's usually white folks who get to, you know, be portray them. Describing what being autistic has meant to him, he shares some of the hindrances our higher education systems might have for students. Being autistic, it's kind of like, it feels like you're an alien stuck on a foreign planet and you have to deal with these very, you know, you kind of, I feel like maybe with autistic people, you can kind of point out sometimes how arbitrary rules in society or things how in society are. You know, we do live in a, in a, in a country and a society of like all different types of bigotry. And so, or just things that just don't, don't make sense. Why does SAT and ACT stores have to determine, you know, who gets to go into college when people who may have high SAT and ACT scores, they come into college and they flunk out versus people who, you know, it's not a good measure. And, and also schools are, you know, every school is different. So I think there's that aspect. And also just part of being autistic is a lot of like info dumping. And also I'm kind of a nerd. And I think that's the best part about being autistic is maybe being, you know, very having something that you're kind of a nerd on, you know? And I think as I got older, I've kind of like due to, and thanks to internet culture, learned to embrace my inner nerd. Turning towards what schools and universities can do to better accommodate students with any sorts of disabilities, he shares some thoughts on including a wide range of neurodiverse minds in the classroom. I would say maybe not pigeonhole them or have them in classes with other special ed kids, maybe have them mix. I think that, you know, we want our world to be diverse, um, or at least the, the marginalized people who like this world to be diverse. 
you know, there's racial diversity, there's gender diversity, there's sexual orientation diversity, there's socioeconomic diversity, there's geographic diversity, and there should also be neurodiversity. And, you know, I think that I kind of wish, granted everyone is raised different or kind of brought, you know, brought up different, you know, I saw other autistic people in college, they were very much baby coddled. I wish it was a wish too. And it's good to have maybe, you know, mentors or, you know, staff in college to help, you know, um, college kids that are transit, you know, neuro, neurodiverse kids that are transitioning, um, you know, into college life, but maybe like a, a, like a, like a kind of buddy. I think they have one. I'm not exactly sure, but maybe someone, you know, that matches up to their race or background or whatever that can help them navigate campus life. Cause I think for me, oh, my a biggest challenge is like, I, I'm book smart but I'm not always street smart. And I think that's something that, you know, autistic people can lack. Thinking more about our workplaces, he also mentions a labor law in the United States. This law, at will employment, states that an employer can terminate its employees at will for any or no reason. I think it's called at will appointment, uh, will employment or no will employment, but something like that happens, which I would love eventually be erased just because it can create, you know, pay, it can open Pandora's box for discrimination at work. And I do think that people with disabilities should be, you know, protected in the workplace. You know, in entertainment and music, it's a very kind of fragile business. It would be like the Wendy Williams show, like Hot Topics, Celebrity News of the Week, guests on the show. I literally, I haven't really made a list of people I want to interview, but I already kind of know, I have an idea in my head who I would love to, you know, interview before I leave this planet. I know that some people that I have on that list doesn't really do interviews anymore. They're, they're very, or they, they do, and there's very far few in between. That's kind of the goal for me. But I think probably a lot of the budget would be allocated towards my TV show idea. Definitely want to have like a cringe comedy series. It would, based off of my college years, it would probably be like Dear White People and Grownish meets Chewing Gum Insecure. I'm a big fan of, you know, this kind of renaissance we're in where there's more, there's Black queer representation. And so I want to be able to add to it. With dreams of creating his own shows one day, Khalid reflects on what he'd like to be a part of and see more of in the world. He wants to be the voice for other children, teens, and students alike to prove that the possibilities are endless for everyone part of the spectrum. With autism, it's a, it's a spectrum. So it goes from like someone who can't talk at all to someone who you wouldn't even know that they're autistic because they hide it so well. It's empowering because it's just like highly functioning autistic, but it's like no one does, they don't deserve to have the bar set so low for them. You know, it doesn't, like autism doesn't correlate to dumb or stupid or the R word, which I don't like to, you know, to use. It should be empowering to see more people like them, people who can, especially when in interviews, I can speak for, for myself and represent myself. And self-advocacy is important because in this world, only you can represent yourself. And, you know, a lot of these things, if you take out the autistic part, you know, 
you know, a lot of things in this world or in our history, we would not have if there wasn't for people self-advocating for themselves or for on behalf of other people. So I think that's very important as well. I'm a huge believer of like anything is possible, especially if you, you know, do the work and put in the work as, as well. And I also think it's important, which I wish I could have done when I was younger was communicate more, express my feelings more definitely have a maybe find my own therapist or find a therapist that that best gels with me so I can and so maybe someone that's not biased like a school therapist or whatever so I can really be able to kind of you know goal set with them and really kind of you know flesh out what I want certain things wouldn't have come into later but you know there's never really losses in life there's only lessons and there's lessons that come with everything you've gone through a few years ago Kalik wrote an article titled 35 things I absolutely love about Beyonce If he had to write an article about 35 things he absolutely loves about autism, one of them would be the ability to embrace your inner nerd or curiosity for the world around you. Embracing your inner nerd, you know, being a nerd on something or having a very specialized interest because that can that can cross over to the workplace. I want to be a pop culture expert. I I I would consider myself a pop culture expert. And to bring our episode to a close, our guest Khalid gives us some timely advice. honing in on our own growth to look forward to this summer. As always, thank you so much for listening to Autism Thinks. Feel free to ask any questions and give us feedback on these episodes. I've been your host Hannah, now signing out. Learn to not people please, set boundaries very early, work with a therapist. You know, even if you're not everyone I mean especially now therapy is so mainstream so you don't have to feel like seeing a therapist oh you're a loser or you're different or whatever the case may be. And I would also say just av- like advocate for yourself very early. Even like learn to advocate advocate for yourself outside of your parents. Um just because sometimes your parents just don't know. At least my mom didn't know what to do with me and would always kind of take advice from, you know, older people or other people who are more experienced or or more seasoned, I guess, you know. And I think my biggest thing was kind of like I don't like how older people will try to make decisions on my behalf before I can even have a chance to ex- express myself and articulate what I personally want for myself in my future you're in control of your own destiny you know